one of the first people to predict that Donald Trump would win presidency was Ann Coulter. She did it publicly on real time with Bill Maher. And at the time, everybody laughed at her. She went from being one of Trump's biggest supporters and then their relationship dissolved into her being one of his biggest critics. She recently made an appearance with Valuetainment on the PBD podcast, and she had a whole lot of interesting things to say. We're going to give our commentary and unpack the things that she said on the PBD podcast. Then we're going to touch on the conflict that's going on right now between Israel and Palestine, Hamas terrorists from Palestine. And then we're going to give our take on the rift that we have between the red pill and the tradcons, the red pill being represented by Pearl Davis from Just Pearly Things and the tradcons being represented by the crew over at Daily Wire. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics, current news, and relevant subjects with a philosophical and comedic flair. And our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Go on over to our website. That's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop, go to any major music streaming platform. Type in Audio Apes and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you know somebody that would be interested in the things that we talk about here on the show, please share it with them. We're on all podcast platforms. So, Ann Coulter, a lot of people may not know who she is. A lot of people that follow politics definitely knows who she is, or at least they should if they really follow politics. (coughs) Ann Coulter... um, She's a writer, has had several New York Times best-selling books. Uh, she comments on politics. And she had probably her most viral clip in 2015 when she made an appearance on Real Time with Bill Maher. When Bill Maher asked her and the rest of the panel the question out of the declared Republicans at the time who had the best chance of winning presidency and she said Donald Trump the panel laughed at her the crowd laughed at her from what I understand Bill Maher didn't laugh at her because he has a lot of respect for her and he knows how smart she is and she ended up being right and if I'm not mistaken she was the first person publicly to predict that Trump would win. Now, what's interesting about her is that she ended up writing a book about Trump's campaign and what a miraculous campaign it was, how efficient it was, how great it was, how 
well they did in terms of the messaging. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the name of the book is called In Trump We Trust, E Pluribus Awesome. That's the full title of the book. And then Trump gets elected and the wall doesn't get built. That was her biggest issue. The wall, immigration overall is her biggest issue. The wall at the time was the remedy that, that obviously Trump said he would do. The wall was not complete. And after that, her and Trump had almost a complete falling out because of that situation. So now, uh, fast forward some years later, she's still writing. She has a sub stack. She's still writing books. But she's become one of Trump's biggest critics. Um, they don't have a good relationship anymore. But it's hard to deny how smart this lady is. And I saw a clip of her on the PBD podcast. And then I was compelled to watch the whole episode. And in watching the whole episode, so many things that she talked about stood out from her take on January 6th to her take on Trump now to her take on the direction of the country to her take on the primary. So being that we talk about this stuff regularly and it's really in terms of American news, the most important stuff in terms of like, you know, who's going to be the next president or is Biden going to win again or what's going to happen for her to be as smart as she is and to be as respected as she is, even by the people on the, the podcast, they had a lot of reverence for her. They still seemed shocked at some of the things that she said and some of her predictions before we get into the meat and potatoes of and some of the specifics, I had saw it I, and I sent it to you because I said that it, it's a must watch. After you saw it, what was your take on it? And did you feel that it was a must watch? I felt that it was a must watch. Um, I felt as far as her number one calling card was always the, the wall, immigration, immigration policy. It's hard to debate her on that because if you look at the country 2023 now and you look outside, at least in Chicago police stations and Chicago streets, uh, immigration has gotten out of control. And so it'd be, it'd be uh, a hard task to be able to debate that we don't need a wall. Right. Like it'd be, it'd be, I don't know. I don't, I don't really, I wouldn't see an argument. And I say that because as we've spoken in this podcast about, and as you have pointed out, uh, historically walls work. Yeah. Um, historically, of course, walls don't stop every, any, everybody from, from, uh, getting in, but it definitely, creates a big impact in the sense of the numbers of people yeah. coming in. And so 
on that it end reduces a flow to a manageable trickle yeah a more manageable trickle yeah exactly so it's important to to note that and and then to understand like how bad immigration has gotten since trump has has not been in office it, it's 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 an abysmal we're in an abysmal uh state of affairs uh they just actually recently had a youth football team have to relocate to use that the that park for for illegal immigrants mm -hmm. so an american youth football team <laughs> was removed from where they've played for for years decades uh at and so like that this is this is the sad state of affairs that that that, that we're dealing with in in chicago i could say and in much of like the big cities in america and, and and the blue states really because the the red states from the get go they were based when it came to that and mm -hmm. so they're not dealing with that. I mean, of course you're dealing with the immigration like Texas has to deal with it because like you're there, Zona has to deal with it because they're there. But but um, uh, and and I'm sure like Florida in some capacity has to deal with it because you know people are going to move there. But they're they're not for that. They have not been for that. For a very long time and so like the blue states are the ones that are really struggling with this so on, on that front it's hard to debate that also that wasn't trump's biggest failure because it was like if you think about it's either that i, I would or partly say the covid response i i i don't i don't yeah i i would say the covid response is his biggest failure the wall <sighs> It would have been nice, obviously, but he was so effective with immigration policy that it was almost like there was a wall there because we didn't have what was going on now. Yes, but that's precisely, I think, why her uh, point was you have the wall and it doesn't matter what president. Yeah, it could get bad, but it won't get as bad as it is now. I see, because and it's the like, wall is there. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, fuck, well. <laughs> and which is a good point. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm one of the people, like, I don't want to agree with her. Uh, in the sense of, like, I, I look at her sometimes the way people look at Kanye. I don't like, like, I, something about her I don't like. But, mm -hmm. but I also am able to separate the person from the actual intellectual point or the art. Or whatever what is the case it that may you be. don't like about her? Uh, she she's always came off to me as like an elitist, mm -hmm. like just her how she is. But she her, obviously the way she approaches shit and like her vision is not so elitist, but just like the way the way she is, like her her, her the way she behaves. I guess it's like not necessarily. Doesn't rub me the right, the like, it rubs me the wrong way, but that doesn't mean that you know, oh, I, I'm not one of those people's, oh, this bitch, I don't like her, yeah. I'm out. No, I'm gonna give her her points on, 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 on a lot of the shit that she's been on. Uh, from from when when she said that about Donald Trump to, to now, and so she she has some valid points. One, one that I was like, I don't know what she's seeing. Uh, saying that she doesn't think that Trump will be the nominee, like I, because I, the only one that's close to Trump would be, uh, 
Ron DeSantis, and I don't like he has not performed, and that's where where the PBD guys, Pat uh, Patrick Bet Davis specifically was like, I, I like he hasn't performed. Like there's no showmanship, there's no, and her response is, well, policy matters more. So yeah, like yes, Trump is a rock star, but Ron DeSantis is the uh, the guy who you want. But and, she's talking like if Trump has bad policy and he doesn't. Yeah. And, and to me, that that's where, that's one, he doesn't have a bad policy. Two, there was a lot of stuff that Trump tried to do, which in retrospect, I look at it from the perspective of like, you try to negotiate with people that were never going to negotiate with you. Yeah, play politics. Yeah. and and Because like, let's not forget that, that which... It was something that that she ended up hating him for was he was willing to compromise. Actually, it was one of I I would say one of the best political compromises that I've ever witnessed or the willingness to have that compromise because it never actually took place. But I don't know if people remember Trump was willing to compromise and say, all right, the DACA people will give them amnesty. If you if if you fund the wall, like yeah. which 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 was wild because the wall was nothing like as far as how much the wall cost was nothing compared to like what was ended up being spent with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. That's number one. But number two, what a compromise is all right, the left is getting a little something, we're getting the wall. And then what did the left do? Oh, you're using them as pawns, which there's still a big question mark over these people. <laughs> yeah. And there's no wall. So it's just like they had the unwillingness to compromise, but he was willing to at the risk of losing some supporters like her because she yeah. hated that deal. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that was in the middle. In the middle. I felt that was perfectly in the middle. You... you promise on what you said you you were going to do but then you give a little in the sense of like okay well this was your viewpoint and I'll concede to that but my wall will be built and then we'll we'll, we'll. and then in retrospect now shit I would have kept whatever amount of dreamers he wanted as opposed to having all these new motherfuckers yeah Yeah, 100% so now now the issue is is a bigger problem um, not that, I mean, Trump at that point, Trump took out the deal. This is the deal. That's so I blame this on the Democrats, but it's like, well, what, what other options? Uh, I do feel that perhaps maybe if that was her point of, uh, cause she was advising him at the time, um, would one question that I had, and I feel like I didn't get the adequate I didn't feel that they covered it adequately, and it ma- made me wonder, like, okay, well, I want to know a little bit more. Well, she said that Chris Co- uh, Kobach could have been, uh, I think, uh, was it head of the CIA or, or Homeland Security or, or the Border Patrol? Yeah. She wanted him in, in, in some capacity. I believe Homeland Security. Ho- Homeland Security. And, and uh, supposedly he had, like, a good plan of, like, making Mexico pay for it. And she's like, "This is a great, I, okay, yeah, but like, can you guys ask questions? Because now I'm now I'm interested in what was his deal, you know? Because yeah. 
in in the so many workings of of an administration, sometimes you don't know. I don't. I I didn't know that he had a a plan or or an idea. Right. And so, I would like to know. And so, at times, I did feel that. For, for, and, and surprisingly enough, Pat Patrick but David always asks very good questions. But sometimes, uh, or or in this in, in this uh episode, I feel like sometimes they were. There was a lot of missed opportunities. Yeah. Vinny. On the other hand, I felt he represented MAGA supporters very well and counter countered some of her points with the viewpoint of like how how people that are voting for Trump Trump look at it. And um I thought that that, that he kind of brought a good balance. He was on fire in that one. And, and I feel like they didn't do a great job defending trump because she basically made it seem like trump accomplished nothing yeah and i feel like they didn't do a good job it's like well look at the world around you it wasn't like this when he was in office so that in and of itself is an accomplishment even though he accomplished much more than that actually like too much to like even like go into but just for the the sake of time what is going on now wasn't going on then. And if that's not an accomplishment, yeah. I don't know what is. You know, and so they didn't do a good job of pushing back on that, I'd say. Now, something that I found. Quick question uh-huh. before you make that point. Do you think that Trump banked on the fact that he was going to have a second term? And do you think that that was a mistake? I think to an extent very much he banked on yeah. on him having a second term but he was doing such a great job why wouldn't he have yeah number 1 number 2 his his support amongst black men went up his support amongst white men went up well she she said in the podcast that his support with white men went down but everything that i've read it shows that the only the only demographic that Trump did worse with was black women. But yeah. basically every demographic he ended up doing he ended up doing better. Yeah, outdoing himself. So I, I don't I don't know how accurate it, that is what she said because I've read things that that are that can't conflict with what, what she stated. Um and then also I disagree that because she said that if if there was no virus, oh yeah, that he he definitely still would have lost. Absolutely not. I don't see where where she's getting that from. That's where I feel like Pat Patrick Bet David was uh, <laughs> when he was a year. You you sound bitter. Yeah, like that like sounded a scorned lover. Yeah, almost. yeah. Like you you do sound bitter because like there's no fucking way Trump loses without the Ronsky. Like there's there's no way. I don't see that. I don't at see all. it either. Like a lot of what happened and a lot of the landscape was because of the Rona. So you remove that and you leave it as is. There's no way Joe Biden is winning. Right. Like I just don't because I'm in the ballpark of Vinny. I believe that there are a lot of anomalies and illegitimate things that took place in 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 the the election of 2020 and i'll leave it at that 
and you would not have had the opportunities for those anomalies, I can't speak, anomalies and illegitimacies without the virus. Yeah. So I, I don't know where she's pulling that from. Um, one thing that she said that does track with history, and it is going to be interesting once voting starts, she said that this early, typically, historically speaking, this early in the primary season, name recognition is what carries in the polls. Yeah. But when you get into the actual voting, things change. And she went on to give historical examples of how that has taken place. Examples of people that like their name recognition was great this at this point in the primaries. But then once we got into the actual voting, the landscape changed drastically. Yeah. And yeah. she is of the belief that that's what's going to happen. That basically the 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 landscape is what it is now but once voting starts that DeSantis is gonna take the lead what are your thoughts on that I feel that if the polls weren't that lopsided I'd see her viewpoint but it was like a little more even yeah I don't unless well let's look at because Trump is up, what, what what was the percentage over everybody? Shit, in some cases, 60%. In some cases, 50-something percent. I think the lowest I've seen is like 40s. Like, it's he's, I mean, wait, just way ahead. Yeah. Let me see, Republican, the general election polls. Oh, well, general election, he's, it, it, him and Biden are, are kind of close overall. But um, but in the I, I primary, guess, yeah. we're talking primary right now. Yeah, and so oh yeah, yeah. what I'm saying, uh, general yeah, primary uh, um, votes or polls will adding everybody up that's not Trump make it a lot more even, or is it still no? Because uh, that's uh, what was it? Uh, Dana Perino at on the second debate, she made a pretty good assessment. She was like, if you look at if you look at Trump, DeSantis, and Ramaswamy, the three populists. Yeah. Amongst them three, that's basically like eighty percent of the whole vote. So like, the Republican Party is a populist party now. Yeah. So, so, no, if you the, you wouldn't add the rest up because the rest are basically like looked at as like. Like Trump's. neocons, like establishment figure, and yeah. then you got Trump, DeSantis, and Ramaswamy that are like populist. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, also, and the populists have eighty percent. Like, if if you yeah. put the populist versus neocons, it's eighty percent. Yeah, well, t- I mean, look, Trump sixty, DeSantis fifteen, Ramaswamy six percent. Yeah, <laughs> so that's all you need to know. That's eighty exactly. over eighty percent. Right. Uh, then the rest is the 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 neocons. Um, so yeah, technically, I guess the neocons wouldn't just jump to De- on the DeSantis boat. I would assume not, right? I mean, they'll probably jump when in the general. Yeah. 
No, no, no. I'm saying versus Trump. Like, so if yeah, these people well, start dropping off. Yeah, they're going to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. But even then, it wouldn't be enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it would be it would be uh, like if it was just Trump and DeSantis, Trump is still way ahead, even if you eliminate everybody else. Yeah. So, so that's where it makes it difficult the, for him. Because that would mean that DeSantis would need every other vote of every yeah. other candidate and that's not going to happen and even and and some and then and some, somehow yeah. some yeah. yeah and so i guess yeah i don't know i don't see what she's seeing i wouldn't look at it like oh this bitch is wild as fuck for saying that i actually makes me interested in being like okay well what is what what is going to come as it gets closer and closer to to picking a a, a primary winner because I don't know, I don't know what she and DeSantis. Although he's higher than Ramaswamy, is he getting outshined in the performance aspect? Because Ramaswamy, on a performance level, when just talking to people, is just way more articulate. Yeah. So I don't know. DeSantis needs a lot of help with his campaign. Uh, I felt that she would have probably been a good fit for his camp. To go against Trump. Yeah. Well, she said that she gave DeSantis the In Trump We Trust, Trust book, book yeah. like to basically help him with his campaign. Mm-hmm. She's like, he didn't apply any of it, but yeah. I gave him the book. Yeah. And so like that right there. That, Which that's... I haven't read that book. I actually want to, even though like the material is more or less obsolete at this point. Yeah. But it would still be an interesting read. Like a interesting historical read. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't I don't I don't see what she's seeing. But then the people on <laughs> the Bill Marshall didn't see what she was seeing. So yeah. it does add some legitimacy to, to her point. Like, okay, well what is it that, that, that could happen? I, I think the point that she's missing though, big, 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 big point. And I always bring this up and I don't know like why more people don't don't think about this is we always talk about Biden getting 81 million votes. Oh, 81 million votes. Whether whether people on the left talk about it like with legitimacy, like the sense of legitimacy, like, oh, he got 81 million votes legitimately. Yeah. He didn't, but we all know how that goes. Huh. Or on the right, people talk about it like he got 81 million votes and it's always like with this sarcasm, like, yeah, 81 million votes, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but that is the figure that's always thrown out. But the figure that I have been pointing out and it reflects in Trump's current polls is the fact that Trump got almost 75 million votes, which is the most votes any incumbent president has ever gotten. So not the most votes any like new president has gotten, like in Biden's case, becoming the president, the winner. But no incumbent sitting president has ever gotten that many votes. And that's after heavy criticism of how the virus was handled and four years of being bashed on 24-7 news cycle. Yeah. And you still managed to get way more votes than you did in 2016. And you still managed 
to get the record for the most votes of any incumbent president. Yeah. I don't know why this is not brought up, but that's an important number. And that shows that that's a lot of people that are rocking with this guy. That's a lot of people. Yeah. So that is what makes me sort of veer from what she's saying and think that there's accuracy to the polls. Because if you're being lambasted 24-7 by the news, and let's not forget what the controversies that Trump is involved in now are not the first controversies he's been involved in. Trump has been impeached twice. Yeah, yeah. And you you still manage to get more votes than any sitting president before you. And then since then, the same people that threw what they were throwing at you are throwing more at you. They're manufacturing more of the same. What makes you think if the support was real then, because we know it was real. See, right now... We we don't know if it's real because we're going off of polls. It's yeah. speculation to to a degree, but we know that he did get almost seventy five million votes. We do know that. So if the support was real, then what makes you think the support wouldn't be real now? Yeah. Well, I I guess we'll know that if they try to pull some new virus variant, which Vinny said now should be called uh, uh, election year virus. Yeah. Because like it, it, I feel that if they did it once, they'll try it again somehow, some way. And and they're throwing everything at this man and he keeps going up. So if they really are worried and it really isn't like that, they're trying to veer you towards him, something's going to happen that's going to change the landscape again to ke- remove him. Um, and it's many things, many things could, could happen. Cause like, look at now what, what happens. There's a lot of shit happening now that could, that could already change the landscape. Like the, the Hamas attack on Israel. Like, okay, how will the U S handle that? Cause, cause that can affect being at war can affect who you vote for. Um, well, I think the president it's within his powers to suspend elections if there's like a, a a war that's bad enough that we're involved in if i'm not mistaken i've heard that i've heard that i don't know the accuracy of it but i feel like i have heard that and so n- seeing what they pulled and again that was a badass thing that vinnie said is i should never have been called covid it should have been called election year virus like what 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 are you going to bring? Because because obviously, a lot of the Rona shit was was propaganda to create a, a, a an atmosphere that that changed shit for the worse when it uh-huh. came to the election. So I'd like to see like what what happens. And and remember, this happened late twenty nineteen, barely the inkling into the the new year. And then it was like, oh, this is kind of bad. And then into like like the first couple months, that dictated everything. Yeah, that dictated everything moving forward. So, so I guess 
seeing what the landscape is moving forward on coincidental shit that could happen is I think what would make me be like, oh shit, these motherfuckers are scared that this guy will win again. You know? Because I mean not I feel right now there's plenty of evidence to suggest that they're afraid that he's gonna win. Cause like they're throwing everything. Yeah. Everything that you think that you could throw at a person but has then, been thrown at him. But then what she says is sort of counter to the point that you just made because she said that everything they're throwing at him this is what she believes. They're throwing at him and it's being manufactured on purpose because they know that it's cultivating more support for him. And that's what they want. They want him to be the nominee because they want him to go against Biden because she believes if he goes against Biden, Biden will have a landslide victory. Yeah. That. <laughs> that's why I'm like, what? What? A landslide victory with this current president? What are you seeing? And that's what they should have asked. Exactly. Yeah. And so so that was where, like, the intrigue like, wasn't... So, you know, so, to make such a claim, you have to substantiate it yes, somehow. Like, yeah. What, what, what do you think? How? Like, what do you... You know what I'm saying? Are we talking landslide? Like, like Florida is going to vote for him? Uh, vote for Biden? Ohio is going to vote for... Yeah. Like, what type of landslide are you talking about? Yeah, and, and to me, it's like... What makes you think that anyone else will, would do better then? So again, that's another question. That's already two questions. Why why a landslide? What is it that you're seeing? I can only think of a million questions that you'd have after she answers that. But like that's why I was like, come on. Like what give me something. And so it left me a bit like worried. Because it's like, well, I don't know what she's seeing. But I do know that she's a a, a very intellectual lady. Like, she's yeah. not dumb. And so, it, it, it's almost like it makes you want to see the game plan. Like, yeah. like, if you're winning games, if you're a team and you're winning games, and then someone says some shit like, yeah, yeah, but uh, when you guys face uh, this team, you'll be mollywopped pretty decisively decide decide decidedly so like you know hearing her thoughts really made me want to 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 know like like how milo sees the landscape right yeah now. yeah i don't know do be disappearing though so like who the fuck knows but i would really like want his thoughts on it because she said a lot of things that honestly i didn't expect her to say yeah and so now we are faced to ask ourselves what's the motivation behind what she's saying is she saying it because she's really put thought into this is she saying it because she's bitter like because yeah. that's sort of and maybe that's why why the guys didn't like ask her more questions because maybe they just dismissed it as well she's bitter and she's resentful and yeah. and that's why she's saying this wild ass shit fucking patrick but they was like <laughs> Are you like with boyfriends or, or men they've dated? Like, are you married or? <laughs> She's like, all right, this is getting personal. Yeah. She's like, ah, this is getting kind of uncomfortable. He's like, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, are you hard to please? Yeah. But I guess what he was saying was, with anybody that you get with, 
Just like with any politician that you vote for, you're not going to get a, a 100% of like the what you want. Of course. The, the most you can get is like maybe 75, 80%, maybe a little bit over than 80%. You ain't going to get 100%. And that's what he was saying. And that's what, like at first I think she thought he was trying to attack her because like. Yeah. <laughs> like, bitch, you can't keep a man. No, not that. It was more so like. When it comes to politicians, you have to be okay with if he's mostly for you and a little bit against you. And then she's like, oh, well, I agree with the Reagan rule, which is if the candidate is 80% for you and 20% against you, you you had a pretty good uh, person representing you. Yeah. Like they, they did a good job. And so... I felt that another question was like, well, what was the percentages on Trump in your eyes? Because, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that, that like the justices. So you just ain't going to give him credit for that? I think they talked about it a little bit, mm-hmm. but she just kind of skipped over that. Yeah. And like the reason why there's certain things that, 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 that have changed the landscape drastically on the SCOTUS level is, well, Trump's picks. Yeah. So... I don't know. I, I think I think uh I think in many ways Trump has had the the foresight to understand that like okay, this is what I can do and this is what I can leave for like for the future and whatever happens in the future, that's beyond me. Mm-hmm. Um on certain things and on certain things no. because um, like I said, for for the for the Rona, I just felt like he was all in. For that shit, mm-hmm. that that could have been handled better. Um, in retrospect, with and you make a you made a very valid point on on the border. Like with him, that shit was rock solid. So perhaps he got big headed and was like, "Well, I'm gonna be president next term because motherfuckers are flawless right now, and it is what it is." And then second term, I get this wall built, but this is kind of a a lesson learned, like whatever your top three points were, you better get to them because you did have a Republican Senate, a Republican House, a Republican president. So there was no reason why certain things couldn't have been handled at a quicker pace. Right. Another one that she was talking about was the anchor baby shit, um, which I felt like people being born here, I guess you're American if you're born here, right? But with the influx of how many people are coming, it's like, damn, this is kind of a wild thing. Yeah, well, they, that, uh, that, what is that, that birthright citizenship, they, uh, in the second debate, they talked about that. Yeah. And Trump did bring that up before. I didn't know about it. I was talking to my dad about it. I'm like, you know, this is the first time I've heard Republicans uh, speak openly about this. Yeah. And he's like, no, Trump has mentioned it before. And I looked it up and sure enough, he had mentioned it before. But it is, it is, I think that is something to look into because apparently, like it's that's based on like some like very faulty clause in, in the constitution. Yeah. And I will say this. Well, being in Chicago, and I I I'm sure I'm I'm sure you've seen it. 
when the 4th of July comes around, you see people like blowing up fireworks and stuff like that, grilling. They're enjoying the holiday, but you don't see a whole lot of American flags. No. But Mexican Independence Day, there's fucking Mexican flags everywhere. Yeah. And I'm always thinking to myself, do you motherfuckers like know where you're at? Like, yeah. like what the fuck is going on? And so yeah. to me, that when I see that, that's very scary to me because my thing is this, it's like, I don't care that like you're proud of like your heritage and where your parents come from. But you're in I, America. Yeah, I, I don't care about all that. But but the thing is, it's like if the policies and that country was so great, why aren't you over there? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, Yeah, since you love the flag so much and you're all about it, go back. Right. If it's such a great place, yeah. it's such a place to be proud of, then like why are you here? Yeah. I don't understand. There's a healthy way to celebrate something, and then there's a like fanatic, fanatical way. Like the way they celebrate, it is worrisome because it's like you're not, you don't feel American. No, exactly. You don't feel American, but and there's an issue there. But yet you're here, yeah, and you're voting in in elections, yeah. And so, what are you voting to make this place a shithole like the one you you the, left? The, you left, yeah. And it's funny because Obama. Uh, Passed that one. Uh, I don't know if it was like uh, I don't know what it was, but I know that now when Cubans get to 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 America, they're not citizens anymore. Right. And so, all right, fine. The motherfuckers that turn Republican, yeah, that's fine. They can't turn American. All right. Well, then these anchor babies can't be American either. Then, how about that? And so, at that point, you fight fire with fire. Like everyone that's coming is more so in favor of the left. So then, stop that shit. And I think that's her gripe, is like, when you had the, the, the House and the Senate, how come you didn't get super busy? Yeah. You know, and, you know, and... Yeah. You, how can you, you... You can't really argue with that. And at this point, the dreamer shit becomes like a very hard ticket to sell in the future because now for for left uh president on the left or the right yeah now, yeah a hundred percent so like if anything these motherfuckers have like really like messed them up yeah yeah a hundred percent you're right about that yeah because because now the, the best you can hope for is like all right the motherfuckers that were in the dreamer and then the rest where's la migra <laughs> like yeah. get, let's start like border patrols like let's start eradicating everybody out of here yeah pick them up get them well, out remember, pick them up get them out when like you don't even hear about it anymore. But remember, like when when shit Bush and Obama, like ICE was such a thing. Like you heard about motherfuckers getting deported all the time. Yeah. Well, actually, Obama was the the president that deported the most, most people, people. Yeah. In a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. But yeah, it, he was, and it's like, well, yeah, ICE. You're gonna have to if if you're gonna enforce, you're gonna have to do something where you build the wall. You now somehow at least you've kept people in limbo. I don't think that that's right because you like Trump was all right. Well, we could give them amnesty if we do the wall. So now it's like you're going to have to come out with a three way deal where you help some of them. Yep. That were already in the program since you've left them in limbo for fucking years. Start deporting people in droves and build a wall. Yeah, because we're not in a sustainable situation, and so so 
that's where that's where like when you have people living in tents that's not just come on bro what the, what are you doing and then to me like that's what what's fucked up the, the you're moving like 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 i said the, the the one the youth the youth football team and all that shit like and do that shit in the north side I did that shit in the south side yeah where the black and latino people are so like and, and then what kills me is the minorities that live in, in, in the areas that we grew up in they won't left this is what you get for that. Yeah. <laughs> and so free health care for, for, for people that are not from here, no health care for you or very expensive health care rather. And so there has to be a balancing act on, well, who do you prioritize, Americans or non-Americans? You prioritize Americans. I'm not saying don't help others, but if you can't help yourself, how can you help others? Like there's no... There's no uh, easy way to put it. Like, it's just is what it is. And so that's why Eric Adams in New York is starting to sound like Trump yeah. with a really dark tan. <laughs> Trump, you look different. You lost your hair. Got darker. But yeah, because now you're starting to see, like, these Democrat cities are starting to see, like, damn, this is a little tougher than we thought. Well, he oh, said yeah. what, Eric, Eric, what Eric Adams said was very profound. I don't know if you heard. He said, in the time that I've been in politics, I've never saw a situation that I didn't see a solution for. He's like, I don't see a solution for this. He's like, this will rock New York to its foundation. He's like, a year ago, we were having a conversation about 15,000 of these people. Now it's over 100,000. Yeah. He's like, and then he pointed at the city council. He's like, this is going to affect each and every one of you. Yeah. That shit is wild. Yeah. yeah. And that's a Democrat, ladies and gentlemen. Moving on. Um, I feel like we can give a brief overview of the situation uh, with uh, Hamas and Israel. Um, considering that this the situation is still very much developing is very complicated. One thing we, we were doing in pre-production, we saw a clip of Tucker uh, and he was talking to Vivek Ramaswamy. I agree a lot with what Tucker said in that particular clip. Like we basically have a bunch of warmongers here in the United States acting as if that was an attack on the United States, basically pushing for war yeah um you know it, it, it's hard to like talk about that situation obviously like you know it's 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 messed up innocent innocent children women everything like that were murdered it, it it's awful but it's complicated because yeah. people act like one thing I noticed, and, and, and it's funny because there was this, uh, I, I seen a few videos of like some of the women that were kidnapped. Did you, I don't know if you've seen, uh, there was a lot of videos of this circulating on Twitter or X now, but of like, there was like some like music festival going on. Yeah. Like where, where they, uh, where the Hamas, they parachuted in. Yeah, they parachuted in. Yeah, that shit was wild. I've yeah. seen the videos. And Jesus, I got to watch what I say here because, right, I, oh, God, people. But I got to keep it real. 
what's interesting about that video or those videos is to me it was a perfect reflection of western values and how the rest of the world is pushing back against western values like that music festival you have basically a bunch of shit going on that like then Islam is not for. Yeah, yeah. Women in very minimal clothing. Yeah. Women that have tattoos. Like, I'm not saying that it's a justification for what they did or anything like that. But what I am saying is that people have to start looking at the world with a different lens. Because the values that the West is for and the values that the West is pushing... There's a lot of places in the world that they're not for it. They're not for it. And to me, I saw that video and I'm like, wow. Like, how wild is it, like, for that to be, like, a place they attack? And, like, because it creates such a such a just juxtaposition. Because it's not like, even though, like, they attacked many other people in many other settings. Yes. But that particular video. It's the one that stands out the most. It stands out so much because it's like. This video is representative of exactly what it is they're against. Yeah. Like everything, everything they're 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 against. And then it's wrong, it's awful, and Israel 100% has the right to retaliate in 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 the way that they see fit. But for us to come up come around like if we have the moral authority and as if that was an attack on us, I don't know. I would be I would be careful with that considering the position that we we are in as a nation. Secondly, I would say there's always like this quick response for support for other nations, but like things are pretty rough for a lot of people here and like nothing Yeah, it's a quick response for things you don't fully have an answer to. You don't know or how. Fully understand. Yeah, you don't fully understand. You don't fully have the knowledge. There's clearly intelligence failure on Israel's part. So there's a lot of questions that need to be answered before you even say, "Oh, we're going to war." First, second, we just talked about a major catastrophic change in our society in the border situation, which is a very important situation at home. And no one is saying, oh, we need to deploy the, 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 the military. We need to start manning the border. These are these are things. And, and Hamas has said that they have sleeper cells yes. in the United States yeah. now that have come in through the border. Yeah, through the border. Yeah. And then uh, they've already done some investigation and determined that a lot of the weaponry used was from weapons that were left back in Afghanistan. Yeah. So... That's the other thing. It's like then you have a failed administration that has opened the door for this. So you already have what I talked about, the backdrop that I set up, the philosophical and ideological differences as highlighted in the video that I talked about. But then you have a failed administration that opens the door for that type of aggression to even be possible. So really, like, I don't know 
what more we could say about a developing situation. Which is let it develop. Also, Israel's military is hardcore as fuck. So you also have to understand, like, these people can defend themselves. Right. They destroyed Syria's uh, air force in, like, an hour? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of a lot of the the reaction we're getting here from the United States, it's from warmongers. It's like yeah. from people that have that that have a vested interest in us being in war. Yeah, which is funny because just like they look like dumb fucks, then the people marching for Palestine look like dumb fucks. It's like neither you motherfuckers, neither the warmongers are over there. Right. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and so it becomes this like, oh, because now everyone's disgusted at the people protesting uh, for Palestine. But 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 there's also equally stupid motherfuckers talking about we need to go to war now, immediately, tomorrow. Let's let's get the troops like that's also equally as dumb because like it's easy for Nikki Haley to say some wild ass shit like that because she ain't going to go. She ain't going to go suit up and, and go to war, not for our country, but for another country. You're not going to go do that. So it's easy for you to, oh, we got to get these numbers going over there. Like, no, let it develop. Yes, it is a tragedy. Yes, that was a terrorist attack. Yes, Israel would be in the right to attack them back and defend themselves. And yes, because they are our allies, we can work with them and be like, all right, what's going on here? Get intel and and then be strategic about it. But to just be all out like, oh, we need to, we need to go to war. It's time. I ran, I ran, I ran. Like while Russia and the Ukraine thing is going on, while China and the Taiwan thing could 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 boil. Like this could easily, in a in a few short months to a few short years, could become a world war. All I know is this wasn't happening when Trump was in office. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um. Moving on, final topic. We'll only touch on this very briefly because um, we've talked about this topic before and it's not the most recent news, but I do find it interesting um, that fracture that we've talked about many times before on this podcast between which both segments are considered to be right-wing segments. It's just one is the Red Pill Manosphere segment because they are against the 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 woke left feminist and the tradcon segment traditional conservative segment of the right wing they are also against the woke feminist um but they've had a fracture between the two the the red pill manosphere and the tradcons because red pill is exactly what it is in the name they they feel like they see the world for what it really is they are not for marriage and and i don't even feel like they necessarily like hate on guys that are married they're just on some like nah this shit ain't for me like i'm i'm staying out of it because yeah. we've seen we've seen it get uh real bad for many other guys and then the track kind of like, no, no, you got to try. You're giving up. That's being a quitter, whatever, what have you. This debate has been highlighted and culminated, oddly enough, by a woman 
on the red pill manosphere side in hannah pearl davis from just pearly things basically saying she totally understands why men don't want to get married and that the daily wire is irresponsible <laughs> for pushing it and it's crazy because that debate has gotten so much traction on twitter because first what was so crazy about it is first it was like really between her and matt walsh and then like the guys like peterson and ben shapiro they were very dismissive of, dismissive of her they were basically just like oh well uh you got to get married and that's just it and then and peterson has said this many times in many talks like basically if you find yourself being not what women want you have to ask yourself why are you not what women want and like basically your whole life should revolve around being fit for a woman basically that yeah. like you know that's what he, what he alluded to and they've always been like very dismissive of the position that that she is taking with this whole situation in defense of men. Yeah. So the woman yeah. is more in defense of men than the men are. But then the situation got so bad where even some of the Daily Wire followers actually like started turning against the Daily Wire and being like, well... She's right. Like, and, and like the, the, see, some that were married are like, yeah, like a lot of what she says, like, I worry about it. The laws are not in our favor. Family court is not in our favor. So then it forced Shapiro and the other guys to talk about it more. Yeah. Like, you could tell it was something that they wanted to dismiss. Like, oh, yeah, Hannah Pro Davis, she's just like a female Andrew Tate. Like, yeah, whatever. But then they're forced to talk about it more and they don't have like a lot of good comebacks all they all they have is like oh well you know you gotta you gotta give you gotta give it a try why because their worldview and their value system and their core philosophy is so rigid and it's so reliant upon the tradcon way of life, the traditional conservative way of life, that none of them deviate. Like everybody over at the Daily Wire, they're all in lockstep about the situation. Like yeah. not one of them is like, well, you know what? I don't totally agree with with Shapiro. I don't totally agree with Matt Walsh. And they're all letting this redhead give them a run for their money. Yeah, I find it fascinating. Yeah, because she it's by herself is sounding a lot more rational than all of these men or so-called men because like men look at shit like the, from like a horizon type of outlook like what does the horizon look like and so when when you're like oh yeah, yeah you're married give your wife get kids you're, you'll be fine you're not looking at the world from a visionary standpoint. You're not looking at the culture as it is. You're not looking at Republicans get destroyed every time they talk about this abortion shit. What does that tell you? There's a lot of stuff that, that, that there's a lot of cultural signals that you're getting that, you know, times are not what they used to be. Therefore, you cannot lead men into the slaughterhouse. Right. You have to be realistic at least. You could you you can't just 
have a, a blanket band-aid ass statement about like oh that this is just the way it is oh maybe you're just not like like jordan peterson said uh maybe you're just not fit for 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 women or maybe you should aspire to to be what women want what if what women want ain't really shit and what if like it's better to go your own way or it's better to like focus on your purpose and not really worry about the landscape as it is because it's not really something that's going to benefit you in any way. And so these are questions that are legitimate questions, ones that she's posed that they haven't really answered besides just saying that you're young, you don't know what you're talking about. Right, and they come off as very irrational. Because remember some time ago we covered Michael Knows appearance on the Whatever podcast? Yes. And we talked about how irrational he sounded like. His rationale basically was, oh, I'm not going to get divorced because we're Catholic. Like, if fucking Catholics don't get divorced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that, that, that's, not a, that's not a good argument. At all. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's providing all of this evidence of, like, men that killed themselves, suicide, men yeah. that are financially destroyed. And she goes on to provide evidence that, like, yeah, you guys are speaking from the perspective of rich men that who statistically tend to do better in marriage than the average guy. Yeah. And even if you do get a divorce, you're able to bounce back a lot quicker than the average guy. Yeah. But yet you're telling average guys, oh, no, no, just go, just go, just go. Yeah. Crazy as hell. And and it's wild. And I find it, I find it fascinating that... Not only she's operating the way that she's operating, but I I also find it pretty fascinating. And it made me think of something. Her solidarity she's shown for Crowder because she was saying, she's like, I remember when, when Crowder announced he was getting a divorce. And remember that clip came out? Where it looked like he was being abusive. And, and Candace Owens was talking about it. And all these people were talking about it. And she was saying how she didn't rock with like the way Candace Owens went about it. Yeah. She's like, she's like, I felt like she went about it like a very like conniving woman. And it makes me wonder, because Crowder, we know prior to that whole situation, 100%, we know he was a trad con. Yeah. But I wonder now if that divorce has red pilled him at all. Like I wonder if now he feels like man, like the world really isn't like yeah, doesn't operate on this tradcon shit like like I I might have believed you know. Yeah, that'd be interesting because I haven't kept up with his perspective on on, on that. So it'd be interesting to see what uh, his outlook on that. Um, but I mean like. Teach your own. Like if that's if he wants to try again, that's fine. But you'd have to at least have some sort of like blueprint. Like they don't ever talk about prenuptial agreements. They don't ever talk about like well, and even then, certain states prenups don't really mean much. Yeah, and so th- their their outlook is very cookie cutter. And so, I don't know. I, I feel like the way that that just pearly things is looking at it is from the perspective of like, in order to make it a, in order to make it like a something desirable, a lot of legal shit has to yeah. change. And I think that that's the healthiest way because it's like 
when you when you start changing things legally to a more fair system, a lot more people will probably be like, oh, yeah, I'll get married. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. Um, because at, at that point, you're not losing as a man. And even then... There's still a lot of a lot of like red flags because like there's still a lot of stuff that that that's changed culturally now, like where it doesn't really make women the most desirable. Yeah. So you still have slim pickings regardless as a man. Yeah. Well, Sandman like he had an interview with her and and because she asked him basically like, do you think that we could ever go back? And. I'm a hundred percent in alignment with what he answered. He's like, he's like, absolutely not. He's like, first off, like, you 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 want to go back, like, like you see that a lot in these red states. They're starting to like, like do like little uh, uh, amendments to to like no fault divorce and certain things that they think is gonna like change the way things are. No. But technology is not gonna change. There's so many studies out there that show that women get more of a dopamine hit from their phone than they do like being with somebody. Like yeah. being with uh he in, in fact he brought up a study which I didn't know about this study. It was very interesting. He brought up a study of of uh psychologist who's the foremost authority on narcissism. Like yeah. he basically knows the subject in and out. And he said that like it made him want to research the situation because, and I love this, like when smart people just like observe the world and like they take so much just from an observation. I'm not saying I'm on their level, but I do that a lot. Like I'll just like observe things that like to other people, like just seem like people will look at me and be like, okay, like what's, what's extraordinary about that. But it's like, I'll get so much out of it. Yeah. But, but in this particular instance, the guy uh, that he, Sandman was referencing he said he was at the airport and he saw like the most beautiful couple you could ever imagine. He said like it was like two people in like their late 20s, early 30s. He said they were like just both just beautiful. They looked like they were out of like a magazine or a movie or something. And he said the whole time they were with each other, they were on their phones. So he said that it's it that inspired him to start to look into like what kind of dopamine rush does a person get from their phone as compared to the t- that w- when they're with their their significant other yeah and he said that women get way more of a dopamine rush from their phone than they do being with a significant other yeah and so sandman was like in the interview which again is like one of like the most like forward thinking people He's like, yeah, so like it's not gonna go back. Even if you change the laws, it's not yeah. gonna go back. It's just it's not gonna happen. It's not it, yeah. so it's like we got that's why we gotta think of like new things and like a new way forward. Yeah. And I feel like that's what you and I have always been on. We'll see that something is not working in society and we don't really get depressed about it. I think no. there was a time we got depressed about things when we were younger. Yeah. Because like it's like we expected things to pan out a certain way and they didn't pan out the way that we expected them to. Like whether it was things with our friends or certain relationships or whatever. But then I think as we got older, we just kind of realized that like Learned you just always have to is. adapt. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta accept what is. 
and no. accept and adapt and yeah. move forward and 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 you see that Sandman is that type of guy as well yeah. and yeah I I just think that uh, a lot of people aren't and I do think I continue to believe that this particular subject is going to shape society going forward I yeah. very much believe that I agree with you I agree with you because it, it, it's uh, I think it's like a like the precursor to what the new age is going to be. Yeah. And like we don't understand. We, well, I don't say you and me, but I say we as a society don't understand these things because it we're past, we're getting past our prime in the sense of like being the youthful people. And so, well, men. Well, yeah, yeah. Men it, are in their prime, like, yeah. later than us. Yes, but in the sense of dating and getting married and all that, like, th that's not really... We're going to see a new oh, wave. Yeah. So, like, yeah, men typically get married younger than us. Yeah, yeah. and so uh, uh, we're not the young people no more. No, we're not the, like, oh, well, what what's society... Society's going to look a lot different when the people that are kids now are our age. Yeah. I think that that's where Sandman is speaking from. Like, yeah, yeah, we're in our like. It, it, this reminds me of like when Ann Coulter said, like, yeah, when shit hits the fan, like, I'll be fine. I'm rich. Yeah. I was like, you know, she's like, yeah, it's not gonna hurt me. It's gonna yeah, hurt everybody I, I, else. I did respect that. Yeah, when she said that because I, 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 I feel like it's like what, what, what we've said on this podcast before, like. We're trying to warn motherfuckers, but honestly, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna affect y'all before it affects us. Yes, and so that—that's what she was on. And it's like, well, yeah, it's true. Like, whether whatever happens, like, we'll be cool. Like, we'll be road tripping somewhere, or we'll be fucking starting a new investment. We'll be fine. Like, I'm not worried. Like, I'm not looking at life like, oh, I didn't get to live my life because society changed. No, like, we just saw what it was and. It, enjoyed the ride but also were very realistic and logical moving forward and so that's how i feel about it i don't feel like sad about it i feel trad cons are coping yeah and 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 their sadness is masked by like what they think it's go is going to happen but is clearly not right and and so um that's why just pearly things is uh, like a. Uh, a young redheaded woman who comes in and destroys all these trad cuts in an argument because they don't have an argument. You know, you'd have to concede something. Yeah. In in this in, in this particular debate, in this particular segment that you guys are talking about, but you're not conceding anything. Yeah, the only thing that you could kind of say they've conceded maybe is that they're in agreement with her that the laws need to change, but I think everybody knows that now. Yeah. But like so you're in agreement that the laws need to change, but yet you're still telling my voice to get married in the meantime. Yeah. That's stupid. You're fucking selling exploding Kias to people. Like that that <laughs> that that doesn't make sense. It's like yeah. whether what she's saying is like, nah, like if I was a man, I wouldn't do it until things change drastically. Yeah. And they're saying, No, yeah, we understand the laws need to change, but still do it anyway. Still like have faith. Yeah. Faith. Okay. Well. Yeah, so it that's that's interesting, but uh 
But yeah, uh, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.